Welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Jesus said it, Jesus did it, Jesus is doing it, and Jesus will do it. What am I talking about? Well, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says this, the words of Jesus, I will build my church. Jesus said it. Jesus did it, He's doing it, and He absolutely will do it. We go back into the very beginning days of the church, and in those beginning days, as we take a look at those days, we uh, get a glimpse of what was happening as Jesus began building His church. And I believe that we can learn from looking at the history of the early church. In those beginning days, in Acts chapters 1 and 2, we see Jesus meeting for the last time with some of His followers. And we see that Jesus gave a command, and that command was to wait, to wait there at Jerusalem, not to go anywhere, not to do anything, but to wait at Jerusalem for the promised one, the Holy Spirit's coming. And then we see him ascending back into heaven. And the good news is those followers, when you look at them, you see their obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. For uh, several days, 10 days to be exact, for 10 days, those followers waited in Jerusalem. And, and while they were waiting, they were praying. There is the record there in, in Acts chapter 1 of a prayer meeting going on. So they were in obedience to the Lord. And, and you know, if, if we're going to see God work in our lives, uh, in, we, we have to be obedient to Him. Well, Acts chapter 2 brings on the day of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost begins, and Jews from all over the known world are gathered there in Jerusalem. And that is the day that the Holy Spirit, uh, who is promised, comes and comes upon and in those early followers. And, and as a result of that, Peter preached a sermon. And what a sermon it was about the, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and a call to repentance. And as a result of that uh, action, God saved 3,000 people that day. 3,000 people came to belief in following Jesus Christ, and they were baptized that very day. A couple of things there come to my mind. One, Peter preaching. You know, just a few days before that, um, he was uh, at the crucifixion of Jesus denying Christ three times. What a great failure, but I am so glad that after that failure, there was a bitter sorrow and, and a sorrow over his sin and his failure and repentance and restoration by Jesus after he raised from, from the dead, uh, re- restoring Peter. And, and what a contrast. Uh, Peter denying Christ at the, at the crucifixion, Peter standing before all these people preaching the gospel boldly. What a difference. And then the other thing that comes to mind is 3,000 people saved and baptized. Somebody's arms were tired on that day. But what a great start to uh, 
uh, to that early church. It was just, it's amazing for me as I read it and, and I look at it. So I want us to look at the early church's behavior how did they behave as they got started? All these people, the, the uh, early followers of Christ, the, the apostles, and now these 3,000 converts. And if you go on to the end of chapter 2 in Acts, it says that the Lord was adding daily to the church. So it wasn't just those 3,000 converts, but many more that were constantly being added to the church. How did they react? How did they behave? And in this, we are going to begin to see some of the essentials, essentials for the church today. So as we look at the behavior of the early church, we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, four things. Let's read it. The scripture says this, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There it is. There are those four things. But I want you to notice the words continually devoting. That is uh, a translation of one word in the Greek. And here I go. This is a tough one to, to get out. Proskaterio. Proskaterio. And proskaterio is actually a compound word. Pros means towards towards. Carterio means to be strong. So put them together to be strong towards. And, and it's in the intensive form. So it's a very strong intensive word. To be strong towards. Uh, it comes out as continually devoting. They were being very strong towards. They were continually devoting. And by the way, the verb there is in the present tense, which means it's an ongoing action. They were in an ongoing basis continually being strong towards these four things. Do you get the idea? They were very committed to, on an ongoing basis, they were very committed to these four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. Uh, so, uh, as we look at that, we can see how we as the church need to be today. Now, let's go through these four things for just a couple of minutes and, and break them down and see if we can understand what they were so committed to on an ongoing basis. First of all, the apostles' teaching. Now, I, that takes me to Ephesians chapter 2. And in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 20, I, I read this. Here it is. And let, let me back up, by the way. Let's do uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. Verse 19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of, God, and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. So here we see we are a part of the body of Christ, and this body of Christ is built on the foundation. This church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that the church of Jesus Christ is built on a group of men? That can't be uh, in and of itself, and that is not what that's saying, but rather what it is saying, and you get that from the whole of Scripture here, that uh, these men received divine revelation, revelation directly from Almighty God that was eventually 
written down and became our New Testament, what we call our New Testament today. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is breathed out of the mouth of God, is inspired, and, and is uh, good for uh, all that we need in the Christian life. And so the Scriptures... Uh, were written down, they were given to, to these men. First Peter says that these men, uh, holy men of God, were picked up and carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they were given the words that they, that they wrote. Uh, so so uh, the, the church is built on the foundation of the divinely inspired teaching of the apostles and prophets that became the Word of God. And so, in in modern terms today, this early church was committed to the Word of God, the apostles' teaching, the Word of God. I want to make that very clear. And, and, and there can be no church apart from the Word of God. Let me tell you what is absolutely priority and primary in the church. It is not the church. It is the Word of God that the church is built on. And and that's what sets apart the true church from the false church. You know, there is the teaching that the, the church is the, is the ultimate authority and that there is one leader, the Pope, uh, that is the leader and, and that, that the Pope actually uh, is is God's representative. Let me tell you, that is not what the Scripture teaches. That is extra-biblical teaching outside the Scriptures. Uh, the Scriptures are clear that they are the authority, the foundation for the church. And so I'm spending a lot of time on this because I want you to understand that as the early church was strongly committed towards the apostles' teaching, we must be that same way today and we must understand that the Word of God is the ultimate and final authority for the church and the church submits itself to the Word of God and not the opposite way. Well, the second thing mentioned here is fellowship, and that word is koinonia, and it simply means sharing in common. It's more than just getting together for coffee and donuts, although that could happen there. Sharing in common means that they share the uh, life together, that they share the the uh, hurts and the sorrows and the setbacks as well as the joys and the victories, that they're actually literally sharing life together. A good example of that is right here in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 44. 46, which says all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Now that's not a commune, but they they held their things lightly and were willing to share them. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. That's an example of true fellowship. It's more than coffee and donuts. And that has to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And we'll talk more about that on a future podcast. And then the third thing is they were committed to the breaking of bread. Now, this refers literally to the Lord's table or to what we would call communion today. It is, uh, it is the receiving of the, of the bread, representing the broken body of Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, and it is the drinking of the wine representing the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus instituted this on the night before his death. 
and he gave us a command to do it. Luke 22, verse 19, do this. And that that uh, verb there, do, is again, present imperative. In other words, keep on doing it. This is a command to keep on doing it. And there, it repeated in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26, where Paul reminded them that they had to do this. This breaking of bread is keeping the gospel and Jesus Christ central in all that we do. And as often as we do it, and we're not told how often to do it, but we ought to do it often. We have to do it. It's mandatory. It's part of church life, the breaking of the bread, keeping the gospel central, keeping Jesus central uh, in, in our worship. And then the fourth thing, they were devoted to prayer, or literally, in the Greek, to the prayers. They were devoted, devoted to the prayers. And there were several examples that, of that in Acts. Uh, Acts 3.1, Peter and John went up to the temple to the hour of prayer. Acts 4.31, after they had been beaten and released, they prayed together and the place was shaken. And there are several others. As you go through the book of Acts, they were definitely a praying church, and the church has to be a praying church. Well, in summary, numerous things happen in the church today. There's a lot going on, but let me tell you, these four things still hold true. They're mandatory. They are a part of church life, and they've got to be central to church life, and everything else, in a sense, is peripheral peripheral to these four things. We're going to talk more about church essentials uh, on the following podcast, and I hope that you will be there to be with us. Well, until next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.